0: وَقَالُوا لَنْ تَمَسَّنَا النَّارُ إِلَّا أَيَّامًا معدودة. And they say that the fire will never touch us except for a few days. In these verses, who is being mentioned? The Bani Israel. Earlier we learned about the favors, the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed on them. And now we learn about the crimes that these people committed. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows a favor on someone, a blessing on someone, what should they do? We learned about shukr, gratitude. What does that include? That a person becomes obedient. That he expresses words of gratitude. He feels gratitude in his heart. And at the same time, through his limbs, he becomes more obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, the Bani Israel, when they received all those favors from Allah, instead of being obedient, what was their reaction? Of disobedience. Of committing several crimes. And claiming things in religion, which had no basis, which had absolutely no reality. So all of those things that the people claimed, the Bani Israel claimed, was that the fire of hell is never going to touch us. Meaning we're never going to go to hellfire. And if we do go to hellfire, it will only be for a few days. Why would they think like this? Because they thought of themselves to be the chosen people. They were the believers. They were the best of all. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given them so many blessings in this world, that meant they were good no matter what they did. We learned earlier, everything of the religion... Was based on what? One for them. They didn't have actual knowledge. They just supposed. They assumed many things, and things they assumed was what that they're never going to go to hellfire. Waqalu and they said lan tamasana now. Tamasana is from the root letters mim sin sin mas, and mas is to touch something. So they said that anar the fire, which fire? The fire of hell is never going to touch us. Meaning we're never going to go to hellfire because we're the best people. And if we do go to hellfire, if we do, it will be illa except for ayyam ma'aduda. Ayyam is a plural of yawm. Yawm is day, ayyam days. And ma'aduda from the root letters, ain dal dal. Do you know what the word adad means? Counting or number. And ma'aduda is that which is numbered, that which is counted. Tell me something. If something is counted, if they can be counted, Are they a lot or are they few? They're generally few. Because, for example, the hair on your head, would you ever even bother trying to count them? No, they're just too many to count. Similarly, if you go to a place where there's thousands and thousands of people, would you bother trying to count every single one of them? No, people have estimates, but they don't bother counting every single one of them. Now something that can be counted 1, 2, 3, 4, 60, 50, this is what? A few. A few. Not many. So, اياما ma'dudah means what? That we are only going to go to hellfire for a few days. If we do go, it will only be for a few days. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ say, meaning ask them, أَتَّخَزْتُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَهْدًا Have you taken a promise with Allah? أَتَّخَزْتُمْ a meaning have you, Istifham, a question. And اتَّخَزْتُمْ you all took. So, have you taken... Allah, he with Allah, Ahdan a promise. Ahd, you know, is a promise. So, have you taken a promise from Allah that He is never ever going to put you in hellfire? And if you do go to hellfire, it will only be for a few days, you have a promise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made with you? And if such is the case, then falan, so never. يُخْلِفَ Allahu ahdah Allah will never ever go against His promise. يُخْلِفَ lam fa. We read the word khalifa from the same root. What does it mean? To go after. khalf is also behind. And akhlafa yukhlifu ikhlaf is to go against. To go against what? To go against one's promise, one's commitment. That a person says he will do something and then he does not do it. A person says he will not do something and then he does it. So a promise that a person makes, he breaks it, he goes against it. Allah says that if you have taken a promise from Allah that He will never put you in hellfire, then where is it? Allah never made that promise with you. And if Allah did make that promise with you, يُخْلِفَ اللَّهُ عهده, Allah would never ever go against His promise. Because who breaks His promise? What's the reason? What would cause someone to break His promise? Firstly, inability to fulfill the promise. A person is not able to fulfill it. For example, you say, I'll come for the appointment at 3 o'clock. And then what happens? You've made that promise, but you go against it. Why? You couldn't find a ride. Your car broke down. You were too tired. Inability, weakness. Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala weak in any way? He's not weak in any way at all. He is the one who is perfect in ability, perfect in His power and might. So this is why Allah, He never ever breaks His promise. Another reason why one would break his promise, insincerity, being dishonest, being insincere, being hypocritical. But we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is far above this weakness. Because He is the one who is the most truthful. وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ No one at all is more truthful than Allah in speech. One of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al haq meaning the one who is the truth, the source of truth. Allah will never ever go against His promise. He never failed to keep His promise. So Allah says, أَمْ تَقُولُونَ Or are you all saying, عَلَى اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ What you do not know. Are you saying about Allah what you do not know? Meaning, are you just making this up that Allah will never put you in hellfire? Is it something that you made up yourself? Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that who is it that will go to hellfire and who is it that will go to Jannah? What takes a person to hellfire? What takes a person to paradise? The Bani Israel, what was their thinking? That just because we belong to Bani Israel, just because we're one of the special chosen people, this is why we're never going to hellfire. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies, it's not about which group you belong to. It's about your own individual actions. Allah says bala. Why not? Of course, yes. The word bala, it in a way affirms what is mentioned previously. Sometimes it negates what is mentioned previously. It's basically to affirm the truthfulness of what is being mentioned afterwards as well. Bala man kasaba. Whoever acquired kasaba. We have read this word earlier as well. Kaf sin ba to acquire something. Whoever acquired, whoever earned sayyatan a sin. from the root letter. Seen, yeah, Hamza. Or Seen, wow, Hamza, sa'a Which is to be evil. And سَيِّئَة is that which is evil, that which is in and of itself something bad. It's a source of sadness, bad for a person. And the word سَيِّئَة also applies to a sin, a crime. And notice the word سَيِّئَةً. You see the tanween at the end? The two fatha at the end? سَيِّئَةً. This tanween, sometimes it comes for the purpose of showing enormity of something. To show the greatness of something. So sayyi'atan This is تنكير تفخيم To show the greatness of something. So it's not just a small sin. It's not just a small crime. No, it's a major crime. What is this major crime referring to? This major crime is referring to, for example, disbelief. Disbelief in who? For instance, the Prophet For instance, the Qur'an. That a person believes in parts, but he disbelieves in other parts. So, بَلَ Whoever acquired an evil deed, وَأَحَاطَتْ بِهِ خطيئته, And his sin has encompassed him. أَحَاطَتْ حَا ta إِحَاطَ is to completely surround something from all sides. We have read the word مُحِيط earlier bil kafirin. That Allah fully encompasses the disbelievers. So they cannot escape His knowledge, they cannot escape His grasp, they cannot escape His punishment. So إحاطة is what? To completely surround something from all sides. So that the one who is inside cannot escape, he cannot get out. For example, a person is in a completely walled room, or a person is in a yard that has a fence all around it. So wa وَأَحَاطَتْ bihi خَطِيئَةُهُ Now this person who has committed a huge sin of kufr, of disbelief, and what is it that is surrounding him? خطيئته kha ta Hamza. What does it mean? Sin. khati'ah is also used for sin. Some have said that the word khati'ah is used for such sins that are not really deliberate but are accidental. So for example, a person does something wrong due to lack of knowledge, a person does something wrong due to being overcome by emotion. It could be a sin that is committed accidentally. You know, one is that a person deliberately says that, yeah, I'm going to do this wrong thing. But many times it happens that we say bad words when? When we're upset. And later on we're thinking, why did I ever say that? Similarly, when we're angry, that is when we react terribly in front of people. And later on we regret doing that. So you can say at that time, it was accidental, I didn't really mean it, but did you not do it? You did it. So are you not blameworthy for it? Of course you are. So, وَأَحَاطَتْ بِهِ خَطِيئَةُهُ His sins have surrounded him. They have encompassed him. What does it mean by this? He has committed so many sins that they have completely surrounded him. There is no way of getting out of them. In every aspect of his life, every area, in every matter, he has been disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know what? This is a result of سَيِّئَةً Just as we learned earlier that one sin, what does it lead to? Another sin, which leads to another sin, so that a person gets stuck in this vicious cycle that one bad leads to another bad, and he's unable to escape them. Who started it? That person started it himself. So man kasabasyiatan wa alhalta bi He's committed so many crimes, one after the other, one sin after the other. So such people, Allah says, فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ So those people are the companions of the fire. whom فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ They will be abiding therein eternally. Who is going to hellfire? The person who has committed sins. The person who has committed crimes. An innocent person is not going to hellfire. So at this, we should all reflect on ourselves. That what are we doing? If we do bad, we are going to be held accountable for it. Sins don't evaporate. They don't just go away. Unless and until a person repents, unless and until a person follows them with good deeds that will make up for the wrong that he has done. But if a person has done wrong to such an extent that his sins have completely engulfed him in every matter he is sinning, in every aspect of life he is disobeying Allah, then such people definitely they are going to hellfire. Why is this being mentioned over here in this context of the Bani Israel? Because the Bani Israel, they were just satisfied with the fact that they were chosen people and they were going to go to Jannah because of that. And because of that, what would they do? They would say many wrong things about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about the book of Allah. We learned about so many crimes that they committed, such as fabricating matters in their religion, adding stuff into the book of Allah, the harif of the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are all crimes. So if a person does anything like that, you think he will not be held accountable? Of course, he will be held accountable. And we need to reflect on ourselves as well. Sometimes we're just very happy about the fact that, yeah, I'm Muslim, I've said the kalima, and I'm going to go to paradise, of course. So what if I lied here, there? So what if I said this bad thing to this non Muslim? He's a non Muslim anyway, or she's not a Muslim, who cares about them? No, this is not the correct attitude. This is not the right attitude at all. We think just because we're Muslim, we are fine. No matter what we do, no matter what we say, it doesn't matter. But you know what? It does matter. In the hereafter, people will not just be judged based on which group they come from, but rather the deeds that they have performed, the words that they have said, the actions that they have done. And over here, it's very clear that man kasaba, man, what does man mean? Whoever, any person, from whichever community, whichever nation, it doesn't matter. If he has acquired sin and his sins have engulfed him, meaning he has committed so many as though drowning in them, he's fully immersed in them, fully engrossed in them, then such a person is doomed to hellfire. فَأُولَٰئِكَ أصحاب النار. And notice how it has been said, هُمْ فِيهَا خالدون, Abiding therein eternally. On the other hand, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Who is going to paradise? Just those people who belong to a particular group? No. It's those people who, amanu. they have believed. They have iman. Iman in what? Iman in everything that we're supposed to have iman in. The Bani Israel, did they not have iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of course they did. Did they not have iman in the Torah? Yes. Iman in the Day of Judgment? Yes. Iman in the angels? Yes. Iman in Musa alayhi salam? Yes. So what was wrong with their iman? They did not believe in everything that you're supposed to believe in. They rejected Isa. They rejected Muhammad Sallallahu They rejected Injil. They rejected the Quran. And as a result, their Iman was incomplete. This is why they are not a part of Alladina Amanu. To be of Alladina Amanu, what is necessary? That we believe in everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to believe in. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has informed us of. So وَالَّذِينَ amanu. But is this iman sufficient? Only on the basis of acceptance can a person enter Jannah? One more thing is necessary. And what is that? وَعَمِلُ Swalihad. And they also performed the righteous deeds. Amal Salih is necessary. So such people, أُولَٰئِكَ those are Ashabul Jannah, the inmates, the companions of paradise. They are the ones who will live in Jannah. For how long? What does the ayah say? They will be abiding therein eternally. Just as the people of hellfire are in hellfire forever, people of paradise are in paradise forever. Based on what? Based on the actions that they have performed. If a person does wrong, he will be punished for it. And if a person does good, he will be rewarded for it. No actions are ignored. Every action is important. And we should be very careful about every single thing that we do and say. So these ayat make it very clear that a person is going to Jannah or a person is going to Hellfire, not on the basis of which community they come from, but on the basis of the deeds that they perform. Let's listen to the recitation.
1: ثم قست قلوبكم من بعد ذلك فهي كالحجارة أو أشد قسوة وإن من الحجارة لما يتفجر منه Menu, وإن منها لما يشقق فيخرج <تصفيق> منها لما يهبط من خشية الله وما الله برافض لما تعملون افطمعون ان يؤمنوا لكم وقد كان فريق منهم يسمعون كلام الله ثم يحرفونه ثم يحرفونه من بعد ما عقلوه وهم يعلمون of لقوا الذين آمنوا قالوا بعضهم فويل لَهُمْ مِمَّا كَتَبَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَوَيْلٌ لَهُمْ مِمَّا يَكْسِبُونَ وقالوا لن تمسنا النار إلا أياما معدودة أَلَتَّخَذْتُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَهْدًا فَلَن يُخْلِفَ اللَّهُ عَهْدًا أَمْ تَقُولُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ بَلَى من كسب is وأحاطت به خطيئته فأولئك أصحاب النار the فيها خالدون والذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات أولئك أصحاب الجنة.
0: It's amazing how all of these verses they reflect the Muslim Ummah today. That we see all of these crimes and all of these beliefs and all of these practices that have no foundation in the deen very, very common amongst the Muslim Ummah today. That where the Bani Israel used to play around with their book, the book that Allah had revealed, they had no respect for it. This is exactly what the Muslims do today. Where knowledge was concentrated only with a few people and they did whatever they wanted with the knowledge of the deen, the masses were ignorant. And this is exactly what is happening today. And the majority of the people, their religion is founded on what? One assumption, supposition, and false beliefs, false hopes, that yeah, we'll be fine, do whatever you want. And this is the reason why we know that certain things are clearly wrong Clearly haram, but still we find excuses for ourselves. We say it's okay. And we say Allah is al Rahim, And you do it, but He will forgive you. Besides, you're a Muslim. But we see that these beliefs were also common in the Bani Israel and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negates them completely. That just because you belong to this group, don't think you'll be fine. Be careful about every single action. Where iman is necessary, amal Salih is also necessary. And if a person indulges in Sayyah, he will be held accountable for it. See how the description is given over here, خطيئته, That his sin has completely surrounded him. And many times it happens that a person as he's committing a sin, he's fully engrossed in it, he's lost in it. And he's enjoying it so much, he's so busy within it, that he doesn't even see the wrong that he's committing. He doesn't even realize that he's doing something wrong. He's busy, he's fully immersed into it. But if you think about it, this wall of sin that has surrounded you is in reality what? A wall of fire. وَأَحَاطَتْ بِهِ خَطِيئَتُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ If we look at our sins as fire, then we will not enjoy them. We will run away from them. We will not be comfortable with them, but rather we will try our best to be as far away as possible from them. So we should view sins as what? Fire. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, nahshadwa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfirukha, wnatubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi rahmatullahi barakatuh.